Hey everybody, I'm Nick Davis. Welcome to Simply Not Easy, the podcast about simple action steps to improve the journey of your life as I work to improve the journey of my own. Hey, what's going on everybody? Welcome back to Simply Not Easy. Hope you all having a great day out there today. So, today, Muscle Monday, it's going to be a good one, going to be a short one, going to be a simple one. But again, there's beauty in the basics. And I truly live by that, I truly stand by that. There's beauty in the basics and understanding the fundamentals well and implementing them well. In many ways, even though this is kind of considered an advanced residency that I'm in, that's really what it's all about is get damn good at all the fundamentals you're doing. Get damn good at the clinical reasoning involved in that process. And to get damn good at making patients feel inspired to be the best you can be and dig the answers out of them. But they don't feel like you're digging. They feel like it's just them coming to a real, happen to be coming to a realization that it happens to be a coincidence that's in your presence as you're leading them to that. So that's one of the many things that we're working on this year. But today for Muscle Monday, it's not about an individual muscle, rather it's a principle of movement. And we have to recall that the brain does not work in terms of the muscle system. We don't work under a muscle system. We work under a movement system. And the muscles just have to happen to be the contractile elements, the contractile tissue that execute, that are the external, kind of the uh, end game at that neuromuscular junction of the neurological stimulus as a one of the major components of the movement system. And I say that because our brain doesn't think in terms of muscles. It doesn't think in terms of, I want to fire this fiber and this fiber and this fiber. Our brain actually processes in terms of, hey, what's the movement desired out of me? And that's one of the many reasons why we have so many compensations. Our body thinks of function. So part of our role is, okay, how can we, for myself as a physical therapist, and for anybody else out there in their own individual role, how can we trick the body? How can we put the body into positions where it cannot fail, where it cannot compensate other positions? And that's all about biasing you for success, kind of setting you up for where you want to be, and having the intimate understanding of the human body and movement system that way. And today we're going to talk about an antagonist. And I don't mean uh, Superman's kryptonite. I mean, as far as an antagonist, something that opposes, specifically opposes, not a muscle, but a muscle action. And I'll tell you what I mean by that. So we've got, we'll start simple, because everybody understands our muscles in general. You got biceps on the front of the arm, you got triceps on the back. So... We could say that, you know, so the biceps, it flexes the arm, right? So, and the triceps extend the arm. Sure, cool, got that. So what we could say is, okay, is at the elbow joint, the triceps are an antagonist to the biceps. They do the opposite motion. That'd be true, sweet. But it wouldn't be right to say, hey, the triceps are the antagonist of the biceps because we haven't defined the exact specific function because for example 
we could say in, let me see, in shoulder extension, which the long head of the triceps acts to extend the shoulder. It would be incorrect to say that the biceps are a antagonist to the triceps because what really happens is they're more of an agonist. They help in that motion. They're a stabilizer. They're a co-contractor. So as the long head of the triceps helps assist in extending the shoulder, the long head of the biceps is stabilizing the anterior head of the humerus from leveraging too far forward. So it's stabilizing to allow for that extension motion to occur at the shoulder. So again, we're a human movement system, not a muscle system. Antagonists are not defined by muscles themselves, but rather what is the specific action involved. So we have to remember that. And here's where we tie it into a big picture. I'm going to approach this from the lens of a physical therapist because this makes a lot of sense in the movement system. And we look at the work of Shirley Sarman, movement system impairments, where her baseline philosophy is, hey, our bodies are used to the stimulus of trying to be put back into homeostasis. And many of us have movement faults. And these movement faults are basically the accumulation of our body wanting to move down the path of least resistance. And that least resistance is defined very differently for all of us. But it's about how are we used to being defined in our body over the years? And how does that continue to change? That's really what it all comes down to. And that's really what it's all about at the end of the day. So if we take that, let's say you've, your patient, uh, you're doing a shoulder girdle, cervical spine exam. They've got their shirt off. You're kind of looking at them and they've got this kind of upper cervical and cervical uh, side bend to the right. And you're trying to do a lot of cueing and you know you feel like that this is a pertinent part of the exam, that they just have kind of a movement fault, a cervical side bend or a side bend rotation movement fault where they're kind of just, you know, cock their head a little bit to the right. And maybe every time they take a step, their head kind of divots to the right just a little bit every time their right foot steps down and it's kind of overpronounced so that there's a lack of stability in the system. And you believe for whatever reason that this is contributing to some of the painful symptoms they're having. So we want to retrain them. You're giving them tons of internal cues. Hey, move your neck this way. Hey, do that, do that. Okay, and that doesn't really work. So, okay, you know that uh, external cues are better than internal cues as far as patients responding to them. So you say things like, okay, reach the top of your head all the way up to the ceiling. Um, you can say, hey, go ahead and look at a certain part of the wall, look at a certain part of a visual target, um, and all these other things. That doesn't really work. They're not quite getting it. So what do we need to do? We need to think about, okay, what's the rationale? What's the reason for why their head might be side bent to the right a little bit? And we try thinking this through, right? So side bent to the right. Um, what could it be? Could be the right upper trapezius, let's say. Um, we'll keep it simple. We'll go with that. Um, could be tons of other things too, but a different pattern of muscle tension. So what do we do if we want to inhibit that? And let's say that it is upper trapezius. Let's say that when they elevate their shoulders, their upper trap jacks up a lot more 
um, than we would typically anticipate for a normal balance shoulder girdle motion. So, okay, sweet. We've got a potential culprit, but we can't cue it internally, externally. The patient's not getting it. So what can we have them do? We know that the muscles, again, in the movement system, not the muscle system, have reciprocal inhibition. When you contract the muscles that function in that functional movement as an antagonist, it relaxes, neurologically relaxes and inhibits those muscles that are more tonic on the opposite side from working. It inhibits them. It downgrades them temporarily. And that might be enough to kind of buy us some time in there. So what do you do? You gently push their head to the right. So you're on the left side of their head. You're pushing them with a the finger. And you're saying, don't let me push you. Sweet, what are you doing? You're activating the left cervical side benders for whatever different muscle groups that those comprise. And so you're inhibiting the right side benders. So you're kind of cueing them to bring themselves back towards neutral, both from a standpoint of posture position and from a standpoint of activation to send those neurological signals. Uh, then with that contraction holding it, you retest, let's say, shoulder flexion. And does that change A, you know, their movement pattern? Does it change B, the way they activate their muscles? Does it change C, their symptoms? If all of a sudden you do that and they say, hey, you know, my, my 3 out of 10 pain went down to a 1 out of 10. It's still there a little bit, maybe higher in the range. Um, then you can say, okay, we can work with this. I can access this. And that's something that's important to consider. So again, Muscle Monday today. The role of the antagonist, we're working with the human movement system, not the human muscle system, and the implications that this has when we work with the variety of patients that we work with. All right, everybody, keep it real out there, keep it moving. And again, this coronavirus thing, this is the opportunity that we all didn't ask for. But what are you going to make out of it with this being your time? All right, y'all. Simply, not easy.